Happy birthday, Jackson Miles. Happy first birthday to you. Ah, first birthday of my son, Jackson Miles. What up, everyone? Hello, all. All those that are listening. Uh, <laughs> my wife's gonna basically probably give me quite the critique on the hey guys hey everyone but how else do you begin these um, so uh, a little backstory before I continue this was gonna happen last year I was thinking about uh, starting a series uh, on fatherhood and impending fatherhood and becoming a father and uh, uh, and all of that how it was going to impact my my life and my wrestling career and well life happened and um, and so uh, that didn't happen but I figured hey I my son's about to turn one and I decided why not right uh, August 8th today my son just turned one and I thought I would share um, kind of what I was going through you know, psyche-wise, mentally, uh, during that time. Now, um, I'm also doing this while I'm taking care of deliveries, uh, which I will get into probably in subsequent episodes, depending on how many episodes I do. I'm not really sure yet. Uh, this is kind of a new venture for me or a new endeavor. Um, I'm not new to podcasting for, for new listeners, but I am, um, getting back into it after a, a fairly uh, elongated break from putting out content. Um, and I'll get into that as we progress. But I, again, thought, hey, if I'm going to relaunch this, why not start with the topic that is uh, near and dear to my heart, as well as, um, you know, it's quite the anniversary, you know, the birth of my son. And... Um, for my son to be born during the the pandemic, um, I don't want to say at the height of it because we're not quite out of it yet. But uh, you know we're we're in the midst of the lockdown in 2020, and this is August. And a uh, little bit of spoiler: he uh, was born a couple of months premature. So I'll get into that in a second. But uh, before I, I go any further, I want to thank all of you who are taking the time to listen to this, giving it a chance, and uh, taking this journey with me. Now, again, I'm uh, driving, so <clears throat> there may be weird uh, noises and alerts, and uh, you know the sound quality is going to improve as we progress. But this is you got to start somewhere, and I tend to uh, be someone who wants to see what I can do with just my phone. You know, hey, I've got the Anchor app, and I've got a voice recording app, and I've got some audio editing, but I'm going to try to keep the editing to a minimum. So again, here long pauses, me saying I'm a lot, or you know, or whatever have you. Um, that's just kind of the way it is uh, <clears throat> for me right at this moment. But again, I thank all of you for taking this journey. Now, 
before I get into the actual day of his birth, I wanted to give a little bit of context and have all of you share in this journey of what was going on subsequently prior to his birth um, and and as we progress through through uh, his life. Uh, and the first episode is going to mainly cover those days leading to his actual birth, which would be the beginning of his journey and the continuation of ours. And what a life-altering, life-changing journey it's been. And I'm uh, just so blessed to be here and be a part of it. Um, so let's backtrack a little bit to July 31st, uh, 2020. Um, my wife, my stepson, and I were uh, just leaving the 3D ultrasound uh, appointment. We were lucky enough, especially during the pandemic, to uh, get the opportunity, especially me and my stepson, to get the opportunity to you know, kind of see Jackson at, at his current state. And everything seemed to be fine, heart was strong. Um, really nothing out of the ordinary, you know, we were really kind of expecting my wife to carry the term, and her due date was September 25th, now again, this is July 31st, um, as we were leaving the, the, the facility, uh, my check engine light for my 2019 vehicle came on, and that <coughs> really began a whole adventure within itself. It'll probably be an ongoing narrative for the first couple episodes as I cover uh, what was going on with my son. Um, but anyway, check engine lights on. What are we going to do? Uh, also, thanks to technology, the dealership where I purchased the vehicle got an alert. So they reached out to me and we, we set up a, a time the next day, which would be Saturday, to to get my car and, and kind of start the process. Um, I get there on Saturday and find that because of COVID, they don't have shuttles. They don't have shuttle service. Um, and they couldn't guarantee that my car would be seen that Saturday, even though I brought it in early, it would probably be Monday at the earliest. So I said, well, what if I just bring it in on Monday? That way we've got a vehicle just in case because we, we're a one vehicle family. Um, they were fine with that. I said, you know, hopefully you've got something for me so that I can come back. They assured me that they would. So I decided to go back that Monday and find out that they had there was some form of miscommunication and they still didn't have shuttle service again now I'm finding out because specifically of COVID not just because it's a weekend and um, they wouldn't have any loaners available and so they just and and they were like well we we hope to know something by this afternoon or tomorrow and we will get in touch with you once we know something all right fair enough again Life's not due for a couple of months. Shouldn't be a problem. Fast forward to that Thursday. 
really still hadn't heard from the dealership concerning the car and now I'm a little miffed because I'm not able to to work because um, we don't have a, a vehicle um, but to complicate matters my wife was actually not feeling that great she was uh, you know a little more tired than usual and um, <clears throat> a little more tired than usual and she um, wasn't feeling quite herself but again you know she's you know at that point seven months pregnant um, so she was assuming it was part of the pregnancy but she started to notice that her heart rate was spiking a little bit she she again wasn't feeling quite herself uh, you know even abnormal for the pregnancy she started to feel that way and that was Thursday so by about Thursday afternoon I reach out to try to find out any details and again they're like we're not really sure what it is we're still trying to find diagnose it uh, we'll let you know as soon as we know something and it was very short um, actually I think I got hung up on them one attempt to to reach out to them so <clears throat> you know with the dealership and again I have like a top tier warranty and whatnot but I digress back to my wife my wife is uh, not feeling well and so luckily I had a um, I had a uh, blood pressure reader I uh, had been diagnosed with asthma um, in January 2020 uh, after years of suffering from it apparently and not really realizing it um, so I was on treatment for that and then we had found that I had high blood pressure and restaurant a few other things you know some based on diet and <clears throat> you know exercises that the other and I felt like I was a fairly active guy but you know I could be more active I guess and I obviously could have eaten better but anyway I had this um, my own blood pressure uh, reader which thank god we had it um, my wife noticed that her her heart rate was spiking and she couldn't really calm herself down and again she's not feeling that well so, um, she calls her doctor and her doctor says, well, you know, why not go get looked at, go to the hospital? It couldn't hurt, you know, it could be this. Um, I know she was dealing with being pre-diabetic and I think it's gestational diabetes. So she was already, you know, my wife was already pricking uh, her fingers and, and, you know, getting her blood looked at. Um, so she was going through that in part because of the pregnancy, I think in main part because of the pregnancy. Now I, sidebar, or uh, I hate to say sidebar, but um, I'm not going to, you know, give a lot of details about my wife and her condition. I do respect her privacy and her, her desire to not have everything public knowledge, but some of this she has discussed, and so I'm I'm mainly going to be discussing it from my point of view, my feelings, my thoughts, my opinions, um, and what I was going through at this time, but obviously for context and whatnot. So, um, so we're like, okay, well, we need to go to the emergency room. We packed a couple of overnight bags because we're assuming that she's going to be there for observation uh, at, at most. We're still really not thinking that Jackson's on his way. Um, but we didn't have a car. It's mid-afternoon on a Thursday. Um, 
didn't really want to call any of our friends, but luckily, uh, much like I got Uber to take me home from the dealership when when I dropped off my vehicle, uh, we were able to get Lyft, and they were a uh, lifesaver. We're, we were luckiest, even in the pandemic, that ride share uh, was, was possible. Uh, I can only imagine what would have happened, again, not having a vehicle and um, you know, having to find a way. But we found a way, and we're, we're at the hospital. Now, again, midst the COVID, my wife gets a COVID test, but they don't administer one to me. They're like, well, more than likely, um, you're not going to be able to stay. And I was like, why is that? And they're like, well, because of COVID, we can't have guests. You know, we're, we have only so much room, so on and so forth. And it was policy at that point. And I understood that. Um, but still, you know, it's, man, what, what's up with wife, you know, so on and so forth, uh, because shortly after they started taking her blood pressure and whatnot, they decided, well, we're going to admit her, um, and again, they tell me, well, you, you, you know, you can't really have gas, so on and so forth, so now I have to try to make arrangements to, to head home, so probably within five or ten minutes of them admitting my wife, um, and I am outside of the waiting room. I get a call from the emergency room uh, receptionist that asking if I'm still there. I was like, yeah, um, I'm outside. Like, well, can you come inside? Um, little did they know I didn't have a car, so yeah. But I was about to make arrangements anyway. I go, go inside. They're like, well, uh, yeah, you. we're going to make an exception. Because uh, apparently when my wife was notified that I wasn't going to be able to uh, stay in the room with her. Her blood pressure and heart rate spiked uh, big time. And uh, she was at, you know, could it was really like, pretty touchy. Uh, but that the moment they said, okay, she, you know, your, your husband will be able to, to be there with you, uh, she, she immediately calmed down. So now we are in the kind of wait and see. They're, they're going to monitor her um, and you know, we'll kind of see how it goes. And that's where we were for the first evening. You know, probably evening and a day. Now, to somewhat complicate matters, but also somewhat of a godsend, um, my stepson was on vacation with some friends. He had taken a summer road trip and he was on his way back. He would be on his way back the following day. Um, so we weren't sure, you know, how long my, my wife was going to be in the hospital. We thought maybe a day or two. Um, so, you know, I looked back or came up in our memories. Uh, my memory came up uh, not to tell him at that point on Facebook, my wife didn't want to, you know, didn't want to scare him that she's in the hospital, because again, this is a, you know, it's a high-risk pregnancy, where my wife and I are roughly the same age, and so there, there are a lot of, you know, potential problems with, with a birth uh, at that, at this point, and even though we were optimistic and hopeful and, you know, saw it as a miracle, you, know, you just never know kind of deal, and so, 
there we are, we're waiting. We're, we're trying to see where we're gonna go, you know, how long the wait's gonna be, but now it gives us a little time to make arrangements. And I also found that I was uh, gonna take the lead in communicating with our family. Um, my wife has a group of, of friends, you know, her tribe that, that you know, kind of her ride or die uh, that are just as important as any other family member because they are family. So, you know, the first night is what it is. Um, again, back to, I, I realized what my role was once I got there. It was to, you know, listen to the doctors and to ask questions and to be really present, but also to be calm in the situation. Didn't matter if I was, what I was dealing with, it had, it was. So, you know, I was freaking out though. I mean, the moment that we were heading to the emergency room, I knew I was freaking out, but it paled in comparison to what my wife was going through, obviously. And so I needed to be strong and I needed to, to just be calm. And the truth was that I was calm because we were in the best place humanly possible. We were at the hospital if anything went wrong, went down. Um, it all was happening for a reason, us being there uh, at the time that we needed to be there. So as they continued to monitor and try to do what they could to, you know, what we found was that my wife had preeclampsia. And so, you know, and even I still don't know all the symptoms, but I know, you know, blood pressure, uh, I think gestational diabetes is part of it. Um, it's a common occurrence. My wife could have been the healthiest person on the planet and done everything, you know, according to whatever uh, guidelines that there were and still potentially could have suffered from this. So, um, but here we were, you know, and, you know, I know my wife got tired, was tired already, you know, <laughs> Again, she's seven months in. Um, and we're just hoping that they can calm it down and get it under control, and then you know she'll go home and, and continue with the pregnancy. But they started to prepare for the possibility of an early delivery. Um, and prepared us for that possibility. Um, in fact, I think they, uh, it, you know, gave my wife some steroids for Jackson's lungs. Cause again, he's in seven months, you know, I think 33 weeks, 32 weeks and six days, I think is where she was at in her pregnancy when we went to the hospital. So, um, you know, she was far along, but still, but I, I was a premature child myself. You know, I was born a month early. I was supposed to be born Christmas Day, I think, was the due date. Uh, and I know of other premature babies that have grown to, to be healthy people. So I was hopeful, you know. But again, two months? I don't know. 
So the hope was that, you know, he was going to stay in as long as possible, and that's what we were hoping for. But quickly, as we progressed through the next day, it seemed like that wasn't going to be the case, that he was going to be coming sooner rather than later. Um, and so, you know, I'm communicating back and forth with, you know, I created a group message for my stepdaughter and my, my mom and my wife's mom and, and again, the tribe of women that, that my wife is really close to, to give everyone... So everyone was on the same page. It was important to my wife and to me that, that the, the, the right people knew. I wasn't too worried about updating everyone all the time, but I felt that I knew that a lot of people that were receiving those messages would be concerned. Um, and I knew I needed to take the lead because I know at one point the doctors early on in my wife's admittance into the hospital, they did had told her, to stay off your phone because your your blood pressure spiking. So anytime she'd have any kind of communication, because again it's a stressful situation. There are a lot of unknowns at this point. Um, I'm trying not to freak out. I'm just trying to be very hopeful because again we're in the right place. I'm, we're listening to the doctors. Um, you know, all we can hope is that it's going to go the way it's going to go and the way it's supposed to go. So. Um, we start to put in our heads what it's going to be. And they mentioned to us that, well, more than likely, he's going to be here August 8th. Now, originally, the due date was September 25th. My wife had hoped, and then they said, well, we might induce you a week earlier. So that would have been September 18th. My wife was hoping for a September 11th birth. Uh, there's some significance there with my wife. And, uh, but another number or series of numbers that my wife is, uh, that, that are important to her is the number eight. So him being born on August 8th, I was thrilled because I, I know what a kick, uh, my wife gets out of this, uh, and how important that number is to her. Um, and also the fact that my son's going to be here sooner rather than later. And I've got to you know, get that get that fear out of my head and that doubt, push that aside and, and focus on, on the good. You know, we're in the best place humanly possible at that point. Uh, they've allowed me, despite COVID precautions, they've allowed me to come in into the hospital and to be part of this and to be there for my wife during this time. Um, you know, my stepdaughter was going to be flying into town to take care of, uh, stepson, you know, he's a teenager, but still, you know, I mean, he, he's going to have, you know, needs and whatnot. And again, I knew, we knew that, uh, my stepdaughter would want to be here for this occasion. So she flew in, which was, which was awesome. You know, it was such a great help. You know, and the, the rest of the family, again, it was going to be very difficult because of COVID, uh, to even get together. So everyone's kind of living through, our phones, you know, for, for that, for, you know, updates and whatnot. So I would try to update them as much as possible anytime we would, uh, especially as we got, got going, uh, the early morning of August 8th, they start the, 
process of inducing my wife. It's going to be a lengthy process. She's nowhere near where she needs to be as far as dilation goes. Um, and so it was, we started the process. Mid-afternoon, I think they bring in the epidural. There's the discussions of that, you know, how things have changed from my, you know, the birth of my stepson to, to now, uh, you know, as far as medicine and such. But uh, the epidural and, and, you know, everything's kind of on its way. The dilation's not where it needs, so they're checking on her every hour, hour and a half uh, just to see where she's at. But around 8 p.m. on August 8th, we were really under the impression that it was going to be probably August 9th before Jackson would be coming into the world. Um, around 8.30, my wife, shortly after I think the 8 o'clock check-in, my wife started to get sharp pains. Now, my wife rarely complains about any pain that she's in. I think she has a fairly high tolerance to begin with, and she's not one really to, to complain about that stuff. Um, but even with the epidural, she was getting these you know, contraction-like pains, it felt like, and something a little sharper, and there was some concern, so we got, you know, we had the people that administered the epidural to check it and also to kind of up, up it because, you know, they wanted to be as comfortable as humanly possible. Um, and while that's going on, the nurse decides to come in and check and let me go get the doctor. And then the doctor comes in and with the information that our doctor has, you know, we didn't even have time to come up with a birth plan to really get our ducks in a row. <laughs> our doctor said, well, I, I think Jackson's going to be here pretty soon. And so they started that process. And that period, uh, probably maybe 9.30, from that point on, it, it, it was more or less a blur. You know, my wife went into the to the breathing uh, labor portion, this the, the home stretch, and it was like you know deep breaths and pushing and, and whatnot. It was pretty quick though. Uh, you know, I think four on the fourth session, the fourth breath and push at 9:49 p.m. Jackson Miles was born. Uh, he was four pounds, 15 ounces, and he was 18 inches. Um, he looked like he had monster hands and monster feet, uh, the size of him. Um, but he it was just so, such an amazing time to see so many individuals coming together to help my wife give birth. You know, all the staff uh, at the hospital at Cedar Park Regional Medical, um, they just, man, uh, the type of uh, care that they they gave my wife. I mean, they saved my wife's life. They they ensured the the safe birth of my son. You know, my wife didn't have to do a C-section. 
you know, aside from, I think that discomfort, my wife, uh, you know, I can't really speak for what she was really going through because I know it was tough. It was a tough birth, uh, still. Um, and I don't think we were quite, I don't think we were really quite ready, but God, it was just amazing when he was born. Here's Jackson Miles. And with him, all these hopes, dreams. Now, uh, I didn't get to cut the cord, unfortunately. Uh, but my wife did get, like, a few seconds with him. I mean, which was rare, you know, not, not normal. Uh, because he's a premature baby. Um, they typically just grab the baby and, and, and go about their work and then take him to the, uh, the NICU unit. Uh, or the NICU um, now, my son would be in the NICU for a month, and what a time it would be, but I think that I'll cover next time. Um, again, I want to thank all of you that took the time to listen to this and share my journey. Uh, as I've mentioned before, um, this is a new venture for me uh, when it comes to this uh, topic and uh, discussion and whatnot. But I, I definitely want to, in, in subsequent episodes, I definitely want to cover more about my psyche and more about what I'm going through and whatnot. So I'll probably cover what fatherhood, uh, at least in this this specific situation, what it would mean for my life and my wrestling career. But I'll cover a little bit of that as well as the NICU experience uh, next time. So uh, until the next time, I hope all of you are doing well and I'll see you down the road.